After you listen to this episode, you'll probably be interested in flying to the UK sometime. But what's the best route from your specific airport? British Airways, Air Canada, Lot Polish? AwardLogic can help you find the best points routes for your specific route. And you can sort by cheapest flight, quickest flight, or earliest flight. Check out AwardLogic and get a free trial by going to geobreezetravel.com slash awardlogic. Thank you to AwardLogic for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. Some of my favorite ones have been St. Regis brand. So New York, St. Regis was absolutely phenomenal when I first stayed there. Back in 2019, made a booking using points. The base hotel rate at that point was something like $1,800. And it cost me just 70,000 Marriott points per night. And to give you an idea of, of how I'd value 70,000 Marriott points, it's about 0.6 cents. So to me, that's probably about 400 pounds. $1,800 worth of value that you're getting for a $400 value of points. But keep in mind, I've earned those points for effectively free through credit cards. So it turns into a free stay. Now, what I'd done is I'd emailed the hotel in advance, told them about the special occasion that I was visiting for, and they'd upgraded me three levels up to a room, a suite. I think it was the Madison suite, which... um came in when I looked at the rates at eye-watering $6,000. So for those points, 70,000 points a night, I was able to upgrade to a fantastic suite. Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from Ollie from Ollie Travel Geek. Ollie is a points enthusiast based out of London. He first got a taste of the good life through an unexpected upgrade to business class on Emirates. Looking for a way to get back into business class, he started collecting points in 2017 with his wife, and they haven't looked back since. Every year, they collect more than a million points between the two of them, which is quite an achievement given how much more challenging it is to collect points in the UK versus the US. In this episode, Ollie and I discuss some deeper strategies for earning and redeeming points with Marriott, especially if you are limited by how many points you can earn via credit card signup bonuses. We also discuss some aspirational Marriott properties. If you're looking to dive deep with Marriott and you're based in the US, check out the American Express Marriott Bonvoy Brilliant card. They just upped the perks. And now you get automatic platinum status with this card, which means you get free breakfast plus a bunch of other perks. Remember, if you decide to apply for the Marriott Bonvoy Brilliant or any other card, never apply directly through Google. Always use a friend or creator's referral links. If you are interested in supporting this show when you apply for your next card, check out geobreezetravel.com slash cards. And we have a link to the Marriott Bonvoy Brilliant for you in the show notes as well. And now on with the show. Hey, Ollie, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Thanks, Julia. Thanks for having me on here. I'm so excited to have you and to talk about some luxury Marriott properties that you've gotten to experience. I'm sure they are on so many people's bucket list trips, but we're also going to discuss, is it still worth it? Because the prices on these have gone up 
so much since the Marriott devaluation. So we're going to talk about, is it worth it? And if it is, how you can maybe afford it without using up all of your spend to get Marriott points. Before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the game of points and miles. There's something that we could do here in the UK, which is effectively you borrow money off a credit card at 0% and you could invest that money somewhere else. So you're effectively using somebody else's money to invest and grow your balance effectively, which, you know, you'd pay off in a year's time or two years time, depending on when the zero balance was. And I found out a lot about credit cards and I knew about points, but I just didn't get into it. I just didn't see the how it would work and it just felt like something so far removed. So while I still had this passion about travel, I'd look at the cheapest way to get to Europe, cheapest way to get to the destinations that I could, and I'd fly often through a travel agent or look for a deal that was available or, or online. And so I'd be traveling, and at the, the same time, I'd be working through my credit cards, making sure that I'm on top of making my payments on time to keep my 0% uh, rates going. And after a, quite a few years of doing that, I'd been traveling to the Middle East quite a few times on, on really good Emirates deals when they were around at that time. And on a short trip that I had from Doha to Dubai, it's like a 50-minute flight. And when I was checking in, the agent asked if I wanted an upgrade. And I thought, okay, it's the first time I've been offered a complimentary upgrade. I'll be more than happy to take it. But it turned out what he was offering me was the points that I had generated over a good five years was just enough from my economy saver flights to get an upgrade on a 50-minute trip to Dubai. And when he told me, I thought, fine, let's do it. I, I, I didn't know how to use my points anyway. I didn't, knew nothing about that. And when I got to try Emirates business class for the first time, or even on that 50-minute trip, it, it would, I was just wowed by it. I'd been so used to traveling in economy. I just thought, you know, how do I get back here? How do I get back into business class? So I started doing some research. And in the UK, you know, over in the US, of course, you've got the points guy. In the UK, we've got something called Head for Points. It's a similar site that focuses on UK uh, points. And there's a whole points community in the UK that gives tips and advice on how to collect points and how to travel in first class and business class for the price of economy and got to really understand it. And when they were talking about credit cards, because I'd been understanding a lot more about credit cards previously, it just made a lot of sense to switch over from things like cashback deals, 0% interest, those sorts of investments, and really then move on to collecting points. If you look at the penny per point that you'd get out of traveling using credit cards, it just made a lot more sense to, to switch over. And now in the UK, the, we don't have as, as good a deals as the, as the US. And that's because our the credit cards in the UK have a cap on how much they can charge retailers, merchants. So whilst we have a, a range of cards that we can apply for, it, the choice is, is far limited than what you have in the US. So I applied for a card just based on the advice that I saw on, on that website on Head for Points. And... And that's where I got started, really. And so the first trip that I had a goal to to fly was actually to take my, at that point, one-year-old to Disneyland. So my first goal was really to get from, at that point, I, I really wanted to try Emirates in first class, having tried business. And so my goal was a 16-hour flight, 15 hours, 15 to 16-hour flight from 
uh, Dubai to Los Angeles in first class. So it took me about nine months to earn enough points to do that for myself and my son, my wife. So the three of us were traveling. And the player one, player two really helped a lot as well in terms of being able to double up on points earnings. But whilst I, I started, I also got into Marriott. And I, I know we're going to be talking a lot about Marriott. The advice on the Head for Points website was to do a platinum challenge. And because I'd had a platinum Amex, I was on gold. And, you know, to earn the stage up, I would never have got to the 50 or 75 nights because my travel is mainly for pleasure. I, I really travel for work. So I thought I'd do the challenge and I did some mattress runs. So literally booking hotels five minutes down the road from where I live and getting to my 18 nights, I think I needed at that point. And then, so this was in 2017. I earned titanium status after all the 18 month nights. I think it was nine nights and you get platinum. When I earned that status, that's been still keeping me going for five years. I haven't actually done as many nights as you'd need to requalify each time. The first year from 2017, it lasted me until 2019, that status. Can you walk us through, for anybody who's not familiar with a Marriott Status Challenge, how does that work? How many nights did you need in order to get platinum instead of the usual 50 or to get titanium instead of the usual 75? What do you need to do? The offer that comes up is for people who are members who are either at gold level the one that we have in the UK anyway is gold levels can earn up to and gain platinum status by staying nine nights at a hotel over the period of about three months. The way to earn that is once the offer is available, you'd call up Marriott and ask for the status challenge. They would offer you a date to start that challenge. And once you do start, you've got three months to complete those that many nights. So nine nights would get you platinum. 18 nights would get you titanium. That's what the last previous offer was when I last saw it. And that's what I used. What happens, often people might not have a full nine or 18 nights that they would want to stay. But because the value of the status can outweigh the actual cost of going and doing what's at we call a mattress run, which is effectively booking a hotel, a cheap hotel, and not necessarily staying at that hotel. So I've got a one quite local to me that charges about £50 a night if you book in advance. So that's where I would go and do a mattress run, which is effectively just going in, checking in, and just leaving the hotel, coming back the next day to check out with technology now. You can also check out using mobile apps, so you don't have to necessarily go back to the hotel. So you only need to stay nine nights in three months. That's really easy to get these status matches whenever that's available. How are you renewing it each year? Do you just do the status match again in all the subsequent years? Or does Marriott give such a bonus that it's just easy to requalify for platinum or titanium? There are a couple of things that you could do. One is credit cards. Marriott credit cards offer a number of nights, depending on the card that you have. In addition, Merit has previously, when it comes to if you aren't able to renew your titanium status, there's a soft landing. So you drop from titanium to platinum, which is where I am at the moment. To get to 50 nights is much more manageable for myself. So I get to about 40 nights of actual stays and then add to that the credit card. 15 nights would get me to qualify for the for the for platinum status. And 
The other things that I'd really focus on is there are some other things that you could do. With Marriott, sometimes you could book day hotels, which is an offer that came up actually during the pandemic, which is offering people the opportunity to book a hotel day stay from, I think it's nine o'clock in the morning till six in the evening. And what that does, again, is offers people the opportunity for a cheaper than overnight stay at booking so you could go and do your work there or if it, if it's bridging a gap between a trip that you've got to take in the evening if you've got work to do you know book one of those near the airport where you're flying out from and again that's how I sometimes earn four or five nights before I fly back to the UK or out to my destination other than that the other thing to remember is that with Marriott you would also and night credits for your point stays. So if you've got a decent points balance um, and you're booking cheap points bookings, again, those count towards your night. So in terms of cash nights that I'd probably pay per year, it's probably about 25 actually, if you take out the bookings that I make for free using Marriott points. Yeah, you made a lot of really good points there. So normally it takes 50 elite nights per year to get to platinum. I have two of those credit cards here in the U.S. I have the Marriott Bonvoy business card and the Marriott Bonvoy brilliant card. Both of those are through American Express. Once you get platinum status, you can choose from a variety of different gifts that Marriott will give you. Sometimes you can choose five sweet upgrade awards. Or sometimes if you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get to that 75 for titanium, but I want to and I'm going to be close you can actually choose the gift where they will just give you another five elite nights to count towards that titanium. So that can make it easier to obtain your status as well. And you mentioned mattress running and getting those cheap hotel nights. Something that I think is really underutilized from people is you can check with your place of work or if you're a government worker, teacher, military or something, a lot of Marriott hotels and really a lot of any hotels are going to have corporate rates or military rates, government rates, if you just search for Marriott corporate codes or check your company's intranet site to see if they have any of these codes, you can get some hefty discounts off of these, maybe 40% off. So you could do a mattress run with those too because it doesn't just have to be used for work travel. You can use that for leisure travel as well. Absolutely, yes. And I work as a, as a contractor often working with corporate clients as well as clients in the public sector. And what that often gets me is access to those discount codes and not only for travel, but things like my Microsoft Office, the software that you have on your laptop can be discounted through those offers. But going back to travel, I think still got discount codes from um, companies that I've worked for five, six years ago and they still work. Yeah, if if those companies are going to look at their records, they'll probably come after me again at some point. It's possible to do that. And if you are using all of those old codes, as long as you still have your old company ID from back in the day, that is normally what they're going to look for to see if you have some kind of badge or some kind of email address associated with that company just to show that you actually do work with them. People try all the time to use codes that they are not associated with at all. Your miles may vary on it it works for you or not. If it doesn't work, they're going to charge you the full rate, which is going to be a lot higher. They might tack on a little bit extra because the price has gone up from when you tried to book the original rate. So just keep that in mind. Have your badge with you all the time. Maybe have a photo of your badge on your phone or something if you're going to try to use these corporate codes. 
Actually, I'd add to that and just say the trick that I, I use here is I'd also have a second hotel booked using a flexible rate. And if I book that months in advance or weeks in advance, it's at a lower rate, which you could cancel up to about 12 o'clock on the day of your arrival. So it's worth sometimes having a backup option as well. And and I often do that when I'm when I'm booking my travel. I As soon as I know the dates that I'm going to go and I'm not quite sure the destination, I'd book in a member's rate, flexible rate hotel, just so that I, I lock in some of those early rates. You know, I've got a trip planned to the US this week. And the, I've been checking hotel rates over a daily basis and the way it's gone up over a short period of time, it's really worth locking in those rates quite early on. Let's talk a little bit about some of these fantastic hotels that you stayed at with Marriott. Tell us about some of your favorites and if you remember how many points it would normally cost for a person to stay at some of these. Right at the beginning where I had the choice between looking at some of the different hotel brands, I think when it came to choosing Marriott, I really identified some of the key destinations that I wanted to visit and then looked up where the best hotels are in those locations. So the places that I visit quite often are sometimes in the Middle East and in East Asia. And the hotels that I liked the most, Ritz-Carlton, St. Regis brands, looked up the reviews and found out more about what they offer. And then looked again at what the the benefits of having Marriott status and how it would help with those stays. So again, I just like my destination lists or my lists of flights that I want to try. I built a list of hotels I really wanted to visit. And um, some of my favorite ones have been St. Regis brand. So New York, St. Regis was absolutely phenomenal. When I first stayed there back in 2019, it made a booking using points. The base hotel rate at that point was something like $1,800 and it cost me just 70,000 Marriott points per night. And to give you an idea of of how I'd value 70,000 Marriott points, it's about 0.6 cents. So to me, that's probably about... £400. £400. So I'm getting $400, sorry. So that's $1,800 worth of value that you're getting for a $400 value of points. But keep in mind, I've earned those points for, for effectively free through credit cards. So it's, it's it turns into a free stay. Now, what I'd done is I'd emailed the hotel in advance, told them about the special occasion that I was visiting for, and they'd upgraded me three levels up to a room, a suite. I think it was the Madison Suite, which came in when I looked at the rates at eye-watering $6,000. So for the, that, those points, 70,000 points a night, I was able to upgrade to a fantastic suite. This was back in 2017? This was back in 2019. So They must have been nicer then because I stayed at this hotel for my anniversary in the summer of 2022. And I did not really get upgraded. I got like a half upgrade up to like a deluxe room and I applied a sweet night upgrade. So they must have been so much nicer to you back then because I've heard of people getting the Madison suite upgrade if they ask for it in advance. You had titanium status at this point? I, I had titanium status at that point, but I'll tell you a couple of stories about St. Regis as well. So I I totally hear you, Julia. I've I've heard from people who more recently who have visited and they haven't had that good of an experience as, as I've done at that point. So I, you know, chalk it down to having quite good luck at that point. Maybe 
the agent that I dealt with who opened my email that day was really in a good mood or really friendly. So when I found out that I was upgraded, I was just over the moon, really. And when it came down to the experience at the hotel as well, and Julian, I know you've stayed here, what you get out of your effectively free stay, if you're booking on points, is the use of a Bentley car, a house car that they have. So I think they go about 20 blocks from the center of Manhattan, way down through to Midtown and or to each of the rivers. For me, what I did was I, I didn't have a particular jet destination I wanted to take with the Bentley. I just wanted to go somewhere where it was where it was full of traffic. So I got to experience most of the time in, in the Bentley. And it was phenomenal to get a Bentley ride um, uh, as part of a free hotel stay. But in addition, there are some really practical things as well that you get out of staying at St. Regis. There's credit towards things like your laundry, the free breakfasts, again, are absolutely fantastic because, you know, they, the rates for breakfast there are something like $50 upwards to about $100 for the, mo- $50 for the most basic item up to about 100 for a decent breakfast. So again, to get that for free, when you're in the Astro room downstairs, it's the view is absolutely fantastic. They also have a not reasonable breakfast. I think it was like $200 or more for a crazy eggs Benedict that had caviar and gold flakes and lobster on it. It was just ridiculousness, but you can order it if you want. It doesn't come with the free breakfast if you have platinum status or higher, but they do have that. And when I was there, I think they had replace the Bentley with the Mercedes and they said like the Bentley is coming back but just so everybody knows you can take the house car out to at 20 blocks or so they can't bring you back so you just have to walk back or so but you get a ton of free stuff yeah like you said laundry did they give you free tickets to the MoMA yep they gave me free tickets to MoMA as well. And you get butler service. So um, a dedicated person who would come and help you when it comes to things like your laundry, but also make you coffee or tea first thing in the morning. And that was that was a really nice touch to have somebody who you know knows your name and knows your preferences, asks you what you'd like the next day and has everything on and ready for you. So that was quite a nice experience. And that butler service, I think, is quite a a standard service that St. Regis offers across the world. Everybody make sure that you tip your butler if you stay at a St. Regis. I think that's something that people forget a lot because how many of us stay at hotels that have butlers that often? But the standard is 5%, I believe. Oh, I don't remember if it's 5 or 10%. I've just like the standard room rate. It's easy to Google. But whatever your room would have cost, tip about 5 to 10% of that. I think it's 5 and. It can add up and you can't have them charge it to your room. So just make sure you're prepared to bring a lot of cash if you're doing that. Make sure you tip your ballers. Totally. I 100% agree with that. So beyond St. Regis in New York, I've also stayed at the Ritz-Carlton, again in New York, but quite a few Ritz-Carlton around uh, around the world. I think my favorite ones are actually in the UAE. So just about an hour out off Dubai in Ras Al Khaimah, there's there are two Ritz Carlton properties, and each one comes with so the base rate room that you'd get at Ritz Carlton Alhamra Beach or Ritz Carlton Ras Al Khaimah um, Al Wadi Desert. Each room comes with its private pool, and if you are again with your stakes, if you're able to upgrade it at the Desert Hotel, it's you get a tented villa. 
and it's quite unique. It's uh, I describe it as the Maldives in the desert, which is effectively you get a private suite, a private villa. It's tented and you can't really, because you're surrounded by the desert, you don't really get to see the next room down the road. And you get carted around in a golf buggy to get from one place to another. It's just that vast. And you don't hear a sound at all whilst you're there because it's so quiet. And it's a, a place where I often go just to disconnect from everything. That's my go-to place. It saves me from going to a place like Maldives where there's an additional seaplane fare and that additional um, next leg. You can go direct to Dubai, get a taxi, and you're, you're at that destination in an hour. So it's m- one of my favorite places. I'd, and I'd highly recommend looking at Al-Wadi Ritz-Carlton in um, at Ras Al-Khaimah, just an hour from D- uh, Dubai. Not far from there, again, if for people that enjoy the beach, Ritz-Carlton have opened a sep- second property. It's called Al-Hamra Beach. Again, it's it's quite similar in the, in the seclusion element, but the properties or the rooms are quite closer together. Each room comes again with its own private pool. It's right on the beach, and it gives anyone that's visiting there the experience that you get is that because there's only thirty two rooms, I think, in the whole hotel, it's it's quite exclusive. It's again you you the experience that you have with the staff who are more dedicated to you compared to a larger property it's such a unique experience and again another location that i i really enjoy and again having hotel status gets that initial upgrade from a base room at alwadi desert and at alhamra it gives you the additional perks that you would expect from having marriott status beyond that i think if i had to pick one favorite hotel out of the Marriott portfolio that I've stayed in. One favorite one I have is Al Maha, again, in Dubai. And that is an absolutely amazing experience. So, you know, I mentioned Al Wadi's desert, which is quite secluded. It's it's similar in setting. The rooms are set up in a way, the, the villas are designed in a way that resembles the olden times in the Middle East. So the Bedouin set up homes, houses would have looked like some time ago, but with the luxury added benefit of having a pool at the back of each room, uh, it's an all-inclusive property. So you've got breakfast, lunch and dinner all covered for anyone that stays there. And now, of course, if you book with points, and I think, I, I again, I, I looked for the lowest rate and I was able to book it for 70,000 points back in this was 2001 and I stayed there for three nights and you know for breakfast you'd have you could have steak if you liked um for lunch you you can get it served up in your suite so you can enjoy it outside uh, in the outdoors next to your pool and for dinner you you can again have it in your room if you'd like or you could uh, go to the restaurant and on each day you can choose two activities again added free free of charge as part of your hotel stay and they range from things like camel riding through to going and seeing going on a a animal safari so you get to see things like oryx and smaller animals that you have in the middle east beyond that there's sundowners and you, you can go there through on camelback or via a jeep and it's like a 30 minute camel ride about 10 minute drive you go out and have drinks um, at sunset and it's just amazing because you can't see a single man-made thing when you're out there other than 
the car that's taking you there, all the camels are there and uh, a table full of drinks. So it's such a nice experience that I'd highly recommend for anyone that's not done it before. Something that was on my bucket list and I was really pleased that I, was, I got the chance to try that a couple of years ago. How many points do these experiences cost these days? Because ever since Marriott went through the devaluation, these used to be really, really good sweet spots because they would cost thousands of dollars per night, but you would be paying less than 100,000 points. That is no longer the case. Is it like a pretty set revenue where it's maybe take whatever the cash price is, multiply that by half a cent per point, and that's how many points you're going to be? So with the Marriott devaluation, I think there was a fear that that's exactly what would happen. There was a fear that it would be based on the cash rates and places like the St. Regis's and the Ritz-Carlton's around the world would be just unaffordable on points. Um, it just would, well, it would, it might still be affordable, but it would be, the value would be so little that you'd probably want to use it elsewhere. But I've looked at the rates and I've made a recent booking for, and this is my next thing on my bucket list, uh, the Maldives St. Regis property. And I've got that booked for this December. Um, when I booked it, the rates had gone up. It, you'd usually be able to book that property before the devaluation for between 70 and 100,000 points. It'd gone up to 130,000 points per night. Now, to give you an understanding of what, how much it would otherwise cost, I think it was something like for a five-night stay, it's $28,000 to stay at that property. In total... I'm paying, in addition to an upgrade that I've, uh, a points upgrade that I've got to go from a basic beach room to a overwater villa, I'm paying 550,000 points. Um, at 550,000 points, if you use the 0.6 cent value, is worth about $3,000. So to get a property that would otherwise cost $28,000 for that stay, for the equivalent of $3,000 worth of points, I think is still good value. I can't believe we've already recorded more than 100 podcast episodes. It feels like we just started yesterday, but we've already covered so many great points and mile strategies on this show and have many more to come. If you're new to this show or looking to level up your points game quickly, I offer a bunch of resources at geobreezetravel.com slash start here. It includes links to free consults, free trials to some of my favorite points tools, and also links to services like group coaching, which start at only $5 per session through the Patreon. Again, that's geobreezetravel.com slash start here, which I have linked for you in the show notes. And speaking of the Patreon, this week's Patreon shout out goes out to Heidi. Thank you so much for being a part of the GeoBreeze Travel Patreon community. My top way of earning points is mainly through referrals. So again, in the UK, what, you, what we can do here between player one and player two is refer each other to a cap of 90,000 points per year per person. So per calendar year, what a couple could do is refer each other for five cards, which earns, so we have a slightly lower referral rate bonus, but you, you'd, you'd reach the cap of 90,000 points if you've got a platinum card and you've got 180,000 points sitting there between a couple. 180,000 Amex points converts at a rate of three to two, or is it the other way around? Two Amex points would turn into three Marriott points. Yeah. Is so, that worth it? Because in the US, we can convert one to one from Chase to Marriott and some other currencies will convert as well. But 
generally, we always say, don't do that. It's much better to use it for flight points or Hyatt points or something else. In the UK, does it make sense to do that conversion? It, it does when, it, when you're looking to make a ultimate hotel booking like the St. Regis and Baldives or, or, or big luxury hotel booking because there's no other way to be able to earn that amount of points that you'd need other than, you know, the other option is to top up your, uh, your Marriott account with the points that you could buy directly from Marriott. So for me, it is an option that I take when I am looking at some of the big stays that I've got uh, with more expensive hotels. So in general terms, I think you're absolutely right, Julia. There isn't, you wouldn't do that every day, but when, when it comes to one big booking, if you've got something planned like for an anniversary or a birthday, I think as a one-off, that's how I would do it for the for the big points. Otherwise, again, when you've got hotel status with Marriott, you get a multiplier. There's an extra bonus percentage that you'd earn for every stay that you make with the hotel. So that's, again, a, a route to take. Um, but generally, again, you know, if you're purchasing points as well, you're able to top up to the points that you need to make that that ultimate booking that you've been looking to make. Yeah, that makes sense. So general strategy, if you have a whole bunch of these little hotels, it's sometimes good to just use a corporate rate, pay a cash rate. If you have status, you're going to get that multiplier. So that makes it a lot faster to earn these points. And then you're saving all of those points for some of these ultimate bucket list types of hotels, whether it's the Maldives or the Omaha in Dubai or some of those St. Regis or Ritz-Carlton's. And you're able to get a lot more of these points, sometimes through transferring through credit cards, but also through referrals. And that's nice that you guys get to use your top cash back for that. It's kind of like in the U.S., we use Rakuten a lot as our portal, and you can convert that into Amex points. So that's how all of my Rakuten points get used. And just a couple of other things as well with Marriott. It's worth looking out for promotions as well. Marriott often runs promotions and there are a couple. One, going back to what you were saying about how can you quickly get to the, the nights that you need to renew your status. Marriott, I think for the last two years now, they've been running double points promotions. So w- what that basically means is that for every night you stay, it, you'd get a credit of two nights. So when you've got uh, another 10 or, or 20 nights to make up and you've got to to reach your next status or to renew your status, it is a really good time to plan your trips around those promotions. Or if you, you know, you're you too busy with work and you can't take a trip then, at that point, it's effectively, you're doing a mattress run, you're doing it for half the price. So you're getting double value from a mattress run at that point. So Again, that's another way that I've been renewing my status. I've been looking at promotions and when that comes up, I'm often either booking my actual holiday trips at that point or I'm doing a mattress run on those days. And just last point on the way that I've been earning lots of Marriott points, there there are often really good bonus deals that come up. So double or triple points at some points throughout the year that Marriott, Marriott offers members. And what that does is when you've got a big stay coming up, and if you do consider doing a cash booking, even for a slightly more expensive or luxury hotel, I would do it through American Express, fine hotels and resorts in some cases, which which has its own perks as well. It guarantees things like room credits. And if you, there are some really good deals that you could find there as well. And the benefit of using American Express, fine hotels and resorts is it's treated as if you're booking directly with the hotel. 
So you're able to stack your deals. You, you, you can stack your American Express perks with your um, hotel status perks and then tap into any of the promotions that they have as well. So earning double or triple points for those nights is a great way to really help uh, move your balance along. With Marriott, if you have status, they'll give you free breakfast. And you also get breakfast with fine hotels and resorts, so it feels kind of redundant. Hilton took away their breakfast credits where you just get like a $15 or $20 snack credit to use later. So I use that with my fine hotels and resorts because then I'll get breakfast with fine hotels and resorts. And then I will get snacks with my normal Hilton credit. So that is a good tip as well is those do stack. They stack better with certain hotel brands than others. But yeah, it's good to know that it stacks with Marriott as well. Cool. Well, with everything that you have learned and all the places you've stayed with all of these luxury Marriott hotels, what would you say is your number one tip for listeners today? Okay. So I would say, and you know, I've I've been doing this for five years now and I've made many mistakes along the way and learned so much from those mistakes and then come across fantastic opportunities as well in that process. My tip to anyone who hasn't started off doing collecting points just yet is there's never a bad time to start. I know that lots of people think about credit cards as a challenge or something that they haven't dealt with before. It's worth doing the research. I'm spending some time doing the research early on to get an understanding of what you're able to do with credit cards and the points that you're able to earn, the trips that you might be able to make. I think a lot of people miss out, like I did for quite a few years before I started collecting points when I was, when I easily had the opportunity to do it. And when I got to doing it, you know, the first regret was, why didn't I start earlier? But over time, I just thought, well, actually, there's, you know, any time you start is a good time because you'll then be able to collect the points that you need to travel for travel better, for cheaper, and experience some of the things that you might not have been able to experience if, if without uh, collecting points. The other thing I would say in terms of top tips with Marriott Hotels is identify your goals, choose your, you know, what's your plan? You need, if you can have a list of hotels that you'd like to visit find out what they cost in points a a lot of the time over the years Marriott devalues different hotels so it becomes more and more expensive to book a hotel so what I do as you know I've got trips lined up with Marriott where I've just put in bookings when I've had enough points without booking time off from work or or making those sorts of decisions because if I am able to make it great if I need to cancel, it's free to cancel. But what it does is it locks in the rate that there is today because, you know, we've seen with Marriott the devaluations that happen. It makes hotel stays more expensive. So it's better to book early when you know you've got an idea of where you want to go and around when you want to go. So that's what I do. And another thing, if I could add, when I've got certain dates where I know I'm going to be traveling and I want to do a bit more research about where I want to stay. I'd normally go on to Marriott and book the first good hotel that I find and just keep it locked in on a member's rate. 
at, at flexible members rate because what that gives me an opportunity to do is do a bit more research and find other hotels but if the costs of of the hotel stays go up suddenly i've at least got a cheaper booking locked in and and that happened to me i i visited the us i visited la during super bowl weekend and you know it was the the rates were astronomical so I with my son we were going to Disneyland and we were supposed to do Disneyland in midweek and stay in LA during the weekend of course it was impossible with the rates that we that, that were there so I booked in um the weekend hotel in Anaheim for a really good rate at that point and by the time that I got to do a bit more research because all the hotels in LA had been booked up the rates had then doubled in the likes of Orange County Anaheim and and those sorts of areas so I was lucky that I just locked in a rate often that procrastination or the the time being taken to do a bit of research that can have an impact because it, it just takes a couple of days before rates start shooting up good advice and speaking of good advice can you give a shout out to a couple of people on the internet who you would recommend listeners follow for more awesome points and miles tips oh. First, I want to give a shout out to Luxury Globe Traveller um, on Instagram. So Haroon, behind that account, has been is an expert when it comes to Hilton hotels and, and a range of airlines as well. And anytime that I'm looking to make a booking that isn't a regular booking to a regular destination, I would go to him because he normally has the the inside info on quite a lot of sweet spots but ways to do things differently ways to save money ways to save points on bookings he's you know my go-to person whenever i i need some advice on points and miles and secondly i'd also i want to give a shout out to live and let's fly underscore on instagram and live and let's fly she is a, a big fan of british airways and as a uk resident you would think that i would be too it'd be my go to airline but i often avoided british airways because i i wasn't a big fan of the quality of the product before but now they are getting really good and she'd been pestering me for some time to really think about british airways as a as a go to airline and i think she's converted me now to really considering british airways so again it's it's an airline that is my home airline but i haven't been doing a lot of research on but when it comes to any advice on british airways in particular i'm normally going to her to seek out that advice perfect and where can we find you on the internet so i'm on instagram um oli travel geek uh, that's where you'll find me. that's my handle and yeah i'm on instagram perfect well thank you oli so much for coming onto the show today we learned so much about marriott and how to get status and it seems like it's still worth it to go for some of these ultimate bucket list luxury trips once in a while so if anybody has that on their list, this is how you can make it happen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. 
And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreeztravel.com slash hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels.